Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Jamie Green. That's me. Sorry, I'm eating a huge mouthful of salad. And Mr. Ben Kirschenbaum. Hi, thank you for having me. And today we are discussing the film Birthmarked, released in 2018, written and directed by Mark Tulin and Emmanuel Haas de Marais, about a pair of respected scientists in 1977 who decide to go absolutely insane uh, and make their adopted children into science experiments. And one biological child. And one biological child. Mm. Can I, Sam, may I, and Jake, mom and dad, May I share what <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes rating this movie has? Or is oh, that something please. special that we should wait to the end? I would like to know. Okay. So I'm not here to make a, a statement about the quality of the movie. I'm here to report a fact. Facts. And the fact is that the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score for this movie is 12%. Oh, that's like, way that's, too high. That's a pretty rotten thing. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. it didn't get Golden Globe nominated. <laughs> When I learned there was a 20, you guys were like birthmarked with Tony Collette. I was like, okay, what old weird 80s movie is this? It came out in 2018. I was like, how do I well, not know about this it's, movie? It's, it's an Canadian. Ir- it's an Irish Canadian film, according yeah, to okay. Wikipedia. That is a collab if I ever saw one. And mm. I'm a clearly French Canadian because everyone on the production team's name is French. It's French. Um, I was anticipating it to be a little more French and I'm disappointed at that. Um, I thought it was a true story for a minute because all of these uh, really boring, pointless facts kept being said at the beginning. And then it turns out that was just really bad world building. Sorry, Tony. I, here we go again. I'm, but this is a bad movie. Do you are know we, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we allowed to say our, our opinions of the movie or are we supposed to be oh. kind of objective? No, that's the whole podcast is our opinions. Okay. This the whole movie podcast was, is... is uh, I will be speaking objectively, and that is because my <laughs> takes are unshakable. Um, but you all will be speaking in opinions, which is actually adorable, and I think we need the balance. I appreciate it. 12% is way too high. 12% is a... I'm just that is not s- what this movie deserves. I'm just going to say it. I think that Tony Collette needs to, like... I think we need to do a Tony Collette script choosing conservatorship. Oh. Stop it. Stop it. Not in the wake free of the Tony. <laughs> no, but free Tony from bad scripts. Literally. She I can't. Lies. She loves to work. She but this was her loves. second project post-hereditary. And I'm just like, the moon, the world should have been hers. And this mm. happened. I'm confused. Maybe However, someone else liked the movie. You haven't even asked. Maybe True. I thought it was amazing. Maybe I cried the whole time. I mean, <laughs> those 12% of the tomatoes really maybe saw something here. And, you know, but for me, um, like around halfway through, maybe like two thirds of the way through, I just knew I was like, there is no redeeming this story for me. Like it was already too far gone and it just kept going. And I was like, stop. Thank God it's so short. What I mean, was- it's literally so short. Let's all go around. Yeah. And what to you guys was the first red flag? Oh, That's b- b- besides like the premise of the film. Right. <laughs> yeah. Besides the which, premise. Which the premise of the film is that uh, the two like to. Should, to we, not... should we do the. Sam, why don't you summarize it in 30 seconds? We'll give you 30 instead of 45 because it okay. doesn't deserve that much. Maybe, maybe 12 seconds. It's, you know what? It's very simple. I will give it to the movie. It's a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Well, it's it, it's kind of like a wordy concept. It's yeah, it's that wordy. The the scientists are trying to prove nurture versus nature. That oh, wait, nature wait, wait. Act- I'm gonna time you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm gonna give you 40, 40, 40 seconds. Okay, okay, ready? One, two, three, boom. Two scientists are trying to prove the power of nurture over nature, so they adopt two kids and have a biological one. One of the kids is adopted from a really dumb family, so they try to feed her a bunch of fish when she's a baby and make her really smart. 
Another kid comes from a very violent family, so they like teach him to meditate. And then their their kid is biological and he's, you know, raised by two scientists. So they try to force him to be an artist. And when so flash forward like 12 years and the kids are basically just kind of normal, which is surprising because they've homeschooled them and raised them in total isolation from anybody else except from their like Russian assassin nanny. Done. And then yes. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's mm -hmm. sort of it. Okay. It doesn't really you know, go anywhere. The 12 years flash forward represented the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> that was what the good scores were. They were like, thank God we could see They never made right. a point of of the, the like one of the kids finding out or like the, the two of them finding out that they were adopted at the end. Like they found out about the experiment, but they didn't seem to care that they weren't actually, you know, not that it matters. I'm not anti-adoption, but I just thought that was strange that they just decided to throw yeah. them in there. I thought that, that that actually was something about the movie that I kind of like. Like it oh, didn't it, it didn't seem like it was making too big a point out of well, we love yeah. our adopted kids just as much as we love True. our biological you child. Heard it here first, yeah. I'm terrible and it I'm made <laughs> and I might adopt kids, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. This is gonna for, come back to haunt me. Like for a movie <laughs> that seemed to lack any subtlety or thought at all, um the you know, if, if I was like, ooh, they're tackling adoption, like, let's see how that goes. And I thought that as far as uh, the adoption goes, it was fairly inoffensive, except That's if true. adoption exists in this world, then why is it that after the children get taken away by social services, which they do when there's like 20 minutes left in the movie, mm -hmm. they don't really get assigned any new parents. They just get sent to they like, go to the school from X-Men. They, they literally could, go yeah. to like Dr. Xavier's school for gifted children. For like a, a week, apparently. I, I don't, it was a bizarre, like no where time they thrive in the last Where act. they, after <clears throat> going back to Sam's point, where like for some reason they're really well adjusted and get along with other kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically this movie was a really a nightmare because like it's played as a comedy, which actually makes it more disturbing, I think. Yes. Because oh, yeah. if it was a horror movie, I would be like, oh, yeah, this is fucked up. But then instead, it's like they're laughing at the fact that this dad is like killing mice, blaming it on his daughter because she didn't have problem solving skills. You well, know, I think the the incest play within a play play within oh, a movie. That was art. That was my favorite part of the entire movie. When you see Colette's <laughs> Tony Collette's reaction and you realize like, oh, they expect us to laugh right now. Like they think this is a comedy. Story. I. I really don't think incest should be in comedies or or much media period. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with Game of Thrones, but that's that's a fantasy moment, you know, an Oedipus Rex, I guess. I think um, when it gets to child incest, if you haven't crossed the line at incest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're you're that's you're pushing it there. The minor aspect of it all is that these kids are literally 12. Oh, and then don't even get me started. What I thought was more disturbing, honestly, was this, cause like, you know, we're all used to brother, sister incest. <laughs> High School Musical, Game of Thrones, like I said before. Oh, but, I was gonna say I'm an only child. Yeah, okay. Me yeah, too. But I mean, High School Musical, uh, <laughs> good joke. High School Musical, High School like Ryan and Sharpay, they always that. kiss, they, they all, the brother and sister apparently are the lead of all the plays and they never, whatever. Oh, My Life with Derek. Oh, I love yeah, that. My Life um, with Derek had us rooting for incest. I love that. But what I was trying to say is Max quick, and Ruby. Disturbing. Okay. Who are they? The mice? <laughs> I was just being a dick. Um, just saying the real more disturbing part to me was when the dad was like putting on a slideshow of breasts for ah, the yeah. kid and being like, this is erotic art. Please you do, know, a do a sexy dance. dance do a sexy dance and express yourself, which it wasn't played as creepy. I mean, it was, but it wasn't played as like sexually creepy, but it it felt like one of those scenes that was like, this is pushing a boundary that does not need to, to, to push. I you did know what I mean? Need, yeah, I didn't need to watch a 12 year old looking at pictures of boobs. That, that as well. I mean, free the nipple and stuff, but. So, okay, so not, not to get too overwhelmed with the content of the film too quickly. <laughs> um, Everyone's already stopped listening. At, <laughs> at, at what point in the movie did you guys realize that there was oh, a yeah. comeback? For uh, me, it was the scene I just talked about. So, Yes. I gotta say, I was pretty much 
red flags were kind of going up immediately when I realized it was going to, it opens with like a British woman narrating some fun facts. And I was like, okay, so Julie Andrews in Bridgerton, but make it like not juicy. And that was pretty upsetting. But the first time that I went, oh, this can only go in one direction and it's not a good direction was probably early, early on in the movie. I want to say it's in the first eight or so minutes. Could be, you could describe it as the inciting incident. It's um, when we, without explanation, we eventually get explanation, but without explanation, Tiny Collette appears in lingerie with a horse tail and makes a horse noise to her husband who gets visibly horny. And I, I, I obviously I'm not shaming that kind of play. I'm just saying, if you throw that at me eight minutes into a film about family question mark i'm 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 feeling a type of way yeah it was also rated tv mature on netflix uh, she looked so good though in that outfit she did that was she important did. to me like her cleavage was like i don't know talk about her boobs one more time i don't know how many more times we're gonna do it but she just really She's so sexy. She's a sex symbol. And <laughs> we need to be talking about that more. I'm not objectifying her, but like she is like so But hot. we need to be talking about her physical body as a sex symbol. Yes. And no one ever does. I just, I mean, I mean, it, good for her that she escaped that scrutiny. But honestly, I'm surprised. So I, was, I was really hoping that we would, and I assumed we would break down the horse uh, uh, fantasy. Um, I was again no no judgment whatsoever, but I was genuinely uh, uh, confused with what was going on. So he masturbates to equestrian, to to, right to just people, uh, uh, women on horses. Yeah, and I mean that's a sexy look for sure. But then I was confused because when she dresses up, she's the horse and she neighs. But then he neighs. So Kiffing and clopping, if you will. <laughs> so it's Equ- Equus again. We so always right, talk so about Equus on this it's podcast. Just so it's like uh, Equus, Ben. Have you seen Equus? Oh yes, yes. Uh, I saw the play. Is there a movie? <gasps> it's a play. with who? <clears throat> who did you see uh, in the play? Uh, Harry Harry Potter. Uh, <gasps> you saw Daniel Radcliffe in it. I bet he was great. Daniel I love that play. He was great. So, I love so that jealous. fucked up little play. Yeah. It was on. He was in it when I first came to New York in 2008, but I was like too young to go see it. Even though I saw Spring Awakening, but like I don't think I, I don't think I wanted to see I, it with my parents. I went to see a college production of Equus with my parents when we were touring Montclair University, and uh, my dad had us leave at intermission. Yeah, I think it's interesting, but I, I think tonally um, Equus is better than this movie as well. Um, it says a lot more about child psychology too. I think it really does. Sure. <laughs> Maybe the horse thing was a reference to Equus. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ben, what was your first red flag of of the the cinema? I I agree with you. I, the only other moment I'll I'll mention is the introduction of the Soviet uh, Sam Sammy, I believe was Sam the character's Sinov. name. Hey, and yeah, that was the first time I realized that, oh, the humor in this movie is going to be at best very lame and at <laughs> worst incredibly disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of were trying to get away with it because it was the 70s uh, where it was set. So, like, you know, famously the 70s, there was really no restriction on sexual content for age, um, I think. And so, they were like, it's 2018, let's pretend it's the 70s and be gross. Yeah, there was a lot of very <clears throat> 70s, like, there was a lot of just very 70s stuff to the point where it was like, why is the, like, you could have made any choice and we would have accepted it. Like, you could have mm-hmm. done anything. Like, one of my first early notes is, like, imagine you're, like, the product of an experiment and, like, one of your siblings is being raised to be like a supreme artist and the other's being raised to be a genius and you're raised <laughs> to not fight anybody <laughs> that's like your thing is that you oh my god won't fight anybody yeah that's not fair i mean i guess he could have yeah that's what did he end there. up doing <laughs> he, ended he ended up, up becoming like people. a woman's no, he ended up becoming a lawyer for women's uh, wrestling, I think. Oh, yeah. He was, a, he was a ref, and then he was oh, someone else. 
I think this movie was written in the 70s and then just not produced until they revived the script to star Tony Collette. In yeah, and and the period piece aspect of it is what made, like you said earlier, is what made me thought, think that it might be a true story. Because then you watch it yeah. and it's fiction and you're like, well, why did they do this? It's got all those random biopic like details that don't matter at, yeah. at the beginning. It's so weird. There was no reason for it to take place in the 70s. No. Because like Child Protective Services still isn't effective today. So it actually does make sense that they wouldn't have been picked up till they were like 12. I also wonder why they chose to set it in like a horror movie house. The house was spooky mm-hmm. and never kind of addressed. It just sort of was very spooky. And a lot of scenes took place in winter and I just knew, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that movie that came out the last year, The Lodge. But the house is almost identical to that, and it's very scary. And I just was like, one of them is just going to fucking kill. When Tony picked up the axe. Yes. I, oh, that's, I knew it was That over. was going to be my uh, my Tony moment, not to uh, jump ahead, <laughs> but that was going to be my, t- that scene that culminates oh, yeah. in her with the axe. We always talk about how she saves almost every project she's in somehow. And she really tried her hardest here. Yeah. Um, she really like, tried yeah. to like act uh but nobody else was real everybody else nobody was, was doing... acting well she's the only name in the show i think every I, everybody was doing this weird sort of like kind of, you know they were like not acting acting yeah it felt tell me if I'm it's like, like what it's like what people who can't do comedy think that comedy is mm-hmm um, which is just saying things with no particular emotion attached to it, which is ju- what I just realized that I've been doing for my entire like three years of comedy. Um, <laughs> no, it's no, the difference Sam. between being lifeless and being deadpan. Well, true. Yeah, that's and, a good and, and life and death right there. And right there, I just made a really profound statement. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Sam um, is like over. She looks away. I, I I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about like this, like what they could have possibly been thinking. <laughs> um, I, I have no like... suggestions to save it. I think it should have just been thrown out. Me too. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get to it so early in the recording, but I have some really big thoughts on like what this movie seems to to be saying. Like there are some implications from this movie where they're just making really big statements on big concepts but again i don't want to blow my wad you know uh are we talking about nature versus nurture yeah like they really take a stand let's talk about it okay what's everyone's uh, let's go around what is everyone's individual thoughts thesis statement on nature versus nurture like what i believe in general or what i think this movie is trying to get at what do you think Um, of nature versus nurture in general yes let's do this I think I'm more of a, obviously it's a balance and obviously they they both play a part in who a person becomes. I think you have to I, pick one. I think you I'm really more of a, to pick one. So I knew I'm just kidding. Quick, <laughs> my quick okay, pick a side, okay. <laughs> All right, you're right, you're right. Okay, I, uh, I I say nature over nurture. I think nature is, okay. I, I think nature is more, uh, has a, leaves a greater mark. So what is the intrinsic nature of nature if you're going to, uh, I'm completely sober today for this. This is fun. <laughs> Um, like if you're going to, so like if, if my family is a history of violence, not that they do, but if they do like the boy in the movie, am I automatically going to just like want to kill people? Or do you think that that is more of how you're raised? I think that, um, uh, go. No, no, I got nothing. Go for it. (laughs) No, but he was asking you and I feel rude. Oh, well, uh, I think so. So my opinion, I guess, is is more nature than nurture, because I think that there are mm-hmm. plenty of people who grow up in a violent household and actually end up going the opposite route. Not all. But, right. But, you know, uh, someone with an abusive parent or something like that, and then they become the exact opposite as a parent. Um, so I do think that there's some just natural element to it. But again, I mean, it's not not to wimp out again, but it's both no i i don't really have an opinion i'm just putting everyone else on the spot um sam jamie um i'm as as a police and prison abolitionist hardcore nurture Mm. yeah and as a eugenicist i'm gonna be (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. If I if you're gonna put a gun to my head and make me say which do I think defines humanity, I'm gonna have to choose nurture. Um, mm. But I again, I'm with I'm with Ben. I don't want to have to pick a side. I think yeah. I mean, this is the whole born this way thing with. Uh, Lady Gaga. Say it. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Was she born that way or was she, you know, nurtured that way? I think. In a way, aren't we all born in a meat dress? In a Um, way, you actually have a great point. Hopefully, though, your meat dress is on your body, like your skin. Like if you were born as a skeleton and then the meat was dress form. Oh, yeah, the umbilical cord. I was referring to skin. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. All right. I used well, to think placenta but, and polenta were the same thing. And they then are. restaurants, when right. I saw polenta on the menu, I'd be like, oh, ew. But thank you for assuming that I know how childbirth works, Jamie. <laughs> I would like to think that you do. They but just I was birthed the baby on Criminal Minds in the next room. What? Huh? They just birthed the baby on Criminal Minds in the next room. Brandon's uh-huh. watching Criminal Minds. Oh, I did not understand what you were saying. I was like, are you? I'm like, they just burned the baby on criminal minds in the next room. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, my family's Southern. Um, and I was nurtured. Here's the thing. Okay. All of my families lives in East Tennessee. Hillbilly elegy, if you will. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Me neither. Is t- I is really. Tony in that one? I haven't about seen tomatoes. that. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to give Glenn the Oscar. But anyways, um, my family's from there, but I was nurtured in Colorado and now I've been nurturing myself in New York City for seven and a half years. So I'm like, you know what? But is it my nature to drink sweet tea and sometimes talk with an accent? When I'm on the phone with my grandparents, yes. But is it my nurture to walk really fast and... um, like Lady Gaga, yes. I also do think that some things um, are just nature. Like eyes. Like obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, who's, I don't know. I haven't done my reading, but maybe it's the trauma. Maybe it's all that <gasps> childhood, your early adolescent trauma that you suffered. We all suffered. I mean, who knows? Maybe we could flourish if we didn't live in a society, but we do live in a society. Maybe Tony, I mean, Tony loves a trauma. Tony Tony loves the trauma. Let me tell you, in her movies, she goes right for the trauma. She says, I'm not going to do your script if there's no trauma in it. And I mm-hmm. love her for that. Oh my God. I'm like The episode Googling. that came out today during recording we realized it was tony Klett's third movie about autism specifically hmm. which movie wait, did you do earlier today what did you wait drop? third movie third movie about the subject autism or yes. third yes. movie which was about which happened to be about autism? oh like third God. movie where autism was like the A theme the, the central plot oh wow okay got it except yeah. in this one it's dakota fanning playing an autistic person um in a career best performance, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, it was good. It was better than this movie. Honestly, so much better than this movie. It was. It was a compelling watch. One yeah. time. And you know what? Oh, no, you go. This is just, just such a stupid joke, I'm going to say. I would actually rather be forgotten. <laughs> we can cut it out. Say okay. Okay. Um, one time or something on Twitter, I was looking for a photo of I think her name is Alice, the the vampire who causes pain from Twilight. She just like makes with the short hair. Oh, the, the Dakota hair. Fanning vampire. Okay, but here's the thing about Dakota Fanning is I was googling Twilight. I couldn't remember the character's name. I was googling Twilight Abigail Breslin for about four and a half minutes, getting increasingly frustrated, getting genuinely mad, going. I'm not a crazy person. And finally, I was Googling like Twilight Vampire Little Girl Pain Hurt People. And then I realized it was it was not Abigail. Pornhub search bar. Um, no! <laughs> so I is Dakota fading in Twilight? She is. She's in and the she's later not the movies. Lead? 
I know. Wait, Jake, are you serious? You don't know? Oh, no, no, no. I made a vow in eighth grade to never read or watch the series. Okay, well, I was, sometimes we have to go back on our word for the group. I was team Harry Potter now. Actually, you know, I... Oh, so you don't like trans people. I love trans <laughs> people. And guess what? What? J.K. Rowling... Okay. Joanne. Yest- yesterday, I rented... I rented a Harry Potter movie on Amazon. So I wasn't supposed to do either of those things. Layered evil. And it felt great. I cried three times and it was such a cathartic moment for me to which have. Which one? The last yeah, one, of course. What? <laughs> yeah, Literally. Yeah, part, part, two. part two? Snape. Part two? Part one was on TV the other night and I've watched the end of that. And so I was like, okay, I, the journey's unfinished for me. I have to watch the second one. And um, you know what? I'm not, I don't regret it because Harry Potter changed my life. I got a doctorate in it basically. And I'm not gonna let some transphobe ruin something I spent so much of my life doing. Um, So, you know, in my mind, it's like, you know, it's like how Katy Perry should have died after Teenage Dream. (laughs) You know, it's like J.K. Rowling should have died. Well, not died, career, I guess. But, you know, sometimes. No, Katy Perry should have personally died. Well, but like her career, like if she had died, it would have been better for everyone, including her, because, well, not Orville and Bloom, but I just mean oh, career wise. I, I get she never would have made Never Really Over. Well, is okay. that what you want? You want to live would in a you world rather where we don't have Never Really I, Over? My favorite part of the Harry Potter extended universe, which includes lore built up from uh, movies, movie franchise spinoffs, um, a stage play, a website, and Joanne's Twitter just in and of itself. My favorite part is that um, these kids showed up at uh, a dangerous, traumatic, magical school when they were 11 years old, and then they graduated when they were 17 or 18 years old, and whoever they were dating at that moment is who they married and produced children with um, Mm. in the future. And I like that. That makes me, that's, I think, is a healthy relationship model. And I think it served our parents very well to think in that way. Um, My parents met in high school, so. They did? Mm -hmm. I thought they met in college. They went to both together. Wow. Oh, wow. No, no, I I, I agree with your statement, but I'm going to counter it with the fact that there is no wizard college. So the pool is automatically narrow. Okay, so what do you- And right out of school, you're expected to become either a banker, a policeman, or work for the government. Uh, What do you think of this? I'm not, what do you think of this? I'm not gonna take anything personally. You could be completely honest. My girlfriend, I went to high school with, but we didn't talk for 10 years. And we reconnected (laughs) when late, you know, late, later on. We we didn't date in high school. I ghosted her. For a decade. <laughs> Changed my name. She was calling me constantly. constantly. Every now and then I would pick up the phone, but then I'd hang up. I wouldn't say anything. Just, you know, we gotta keep her gotta keep her interested. And then I got really lonely and suddenly. Now we're married. <laughs> now it's great. I could yeah. see a world where that's that's I mean, that's fine. That, I think as long as you didn't talk in high school, you're good. If you did, then it's not allowed. That happened I to my uncle. Her. My, my uncle, <laughs> sorry. Uh, What'd your uncle do? I, I just I love you so much, Jamie. I love you so much, Sam. I, can, I just want to hear you talk for 17 hours. Um, Tell me about no, your uncle. No, but my uncle um, went to the same high school as his now wife, but they never met at all in high school. They met I call BS on that. They met because his now wife met my grandma at jury duty <laughs> and my grandma wow. sat them up. So that actually works sometimes? My daughter, my son. Only in Queens. If we That's acquit fair. you, will you go on a date with my with my kid? Would you do that? She was me? on trial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she murdered somebody. <laughs> she killed her. You're like okay. you're like sitting on the jury panel watching the case, but you're also passing notes. Yeah. And like or like no, you're sitting next to each other rubbing thighs. Uh, both of my, well, two of my siblings, the ones who are currently adults, are <laughs> dating people who they went to high school with. Uh, my brother has been with his girlfriend since they were like juniors or seniors in high school, and now he's 24. And wow. my sister was like 
casually friends with her girlfriend in high school. Uh, but then she like they got together. But she was also recently. Um, she she was all was she she also a, she also man. thought that she was straight at that time. Yeah. Oh, that's so upsetting when that happens. Wait, okay. Can I segue? Yes. I want to bring us back to the movie. Briefly. Okay. Um, that's not your call. <laughs> I, I, need to I want to talk about Harry Potter for 45 minutes. In, Just kidding. In my notes. No, let's talk shit about my siblings' relationships. Okay. In I would. All you have to do is is say the word and I'll go to absolutely ham on all of your siblings' relationships. No, Ryan and Kaylin are great. Okay. What are their names? Uh, Ryan. S.O.'s. Ryan is my sister's girlfriend and oh, Kaylin okay. is my brother's girlfriend. I thought your siblings were Ryan and Kaylin. I was like, Ryan, Kaylin, Braylon, and then Samantha? Like, <laughs> Samantha. 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 Okay, so as I was saying, I want to bring us back to the movie. You can use that as the cutting, uh, audio cutting point. Mm -hmm. I want to briefly, briefly, briefly bring us back to the, the movie that we all watched. Um, so pretty early in the movie they're like okay like the little girl from the dumb family is going to be a genius and the little boy from the smart family is going to be artistic first of all i love these like absolutes like you cannot be yeah. intelligent and an artist like I, this is phenomenal but anyway because it's true it's a fact but um they're like we're gonna raise our daughter to be smart we're gonna raise our son to be an artist and i literally was like so you want two gay kids, two little <laughs> fag kids running around. And I wrote that note down before but that, yeah. the mean son called the gay son a fag. And I was like, uh, yep. he's right. Why are we upset about this? Like he's helping him on his journey to realization. That's my hot was, take. I hated that line because there was no reason to say fag in the movie. I'm all for saying the word if you can and you're allowed, but <laughs> there was no. Um, Am I allowed? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling's not. I was about to say who's allowed. Ask who's allowed and who is the gatekeeper because I'm going to present my case. All right, Sam Prosser. I. Can say Sam Prosser told can say me that I could say, and I told him that and, he could say cunt. Yes. And um, anyways. They, they, they said that in the ja movie too. Jamie and Ben, you can also say cunt, <clears throat> just so you know. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you. I I'm love giving ben. it out. Ben, can you say fag? <laughs> no, I feel uncomfortable. You want to say it on the air real quick and then we can post it online. What if, yeah, what yeah, yeah say? I'll say that. Ben, I'll say that Ben, and I'll make really? Fun of the uh, names one more time. That, that's perfect. And just cut out. Really quick. <laughs> just, yeah. Ben, if you're uncomfortable saying it, I might suggest saying it 10 times in a row, the first time a whisper, <laughs> getting louder until the 10th time is a scream. And then you'll probably feel a lot more comfortable after it. Also, we'll have that footage and that could be important later. Sounds good. I, I love Was this saying, the point of the know. podcast? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got it. Well, That's know, actually think... every episode of the podcast. We try to get people you to just get a straight first. person to say the F word. <laughs> I think that... See, it can't even be the F word because there's already an F word. It's like not fair. It's, it's true. There's no way to if you will. say it without saying it. Yeah. The F slur. The that's F slur what, is what That's what say. people on Tumblr, that's what Gen Z calls it. The F slur. Hashtag the TW, slur. the F slur. The slur. <clears throat> yeah. I, the best was uh, people, there, there were blogs on Tumblr that would be like trigger warning suicide and then reblog like a stupid post and be like, this person should kill themselves. <laughs> I miss Tumblr from like 2014. Oh. It's still there. I know it's there, but it's the sad. It's like it's like Vine. The people on Tumblr these days are like insane. I know. Like, I've I've logged in every now and then just to like see what they're doing. Um and it's all it's all crazy cuz like we are, I, I like like to go, I'm very nostalgic. I'm a Pisces. So I like to peruse, you know, all of our texts, posts and stuff from like 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. when Sam was queen of Tumblr. Yes. And always talking about me on there. It was such a good time. Um, but yeah, now I don't even know who uses it. I mean, I think porn is back. I'm pretty porn sure is porn back is on back. Tumblr. Um, I don't know how that happened or when, uh, who... You just have to call, put but... <clears throat> like a little thing over female presenting nipples, uh, which is what Tumblr calls it. Like the Tumblr staff said, oh, yeah. 
The Tumblr staff the in Tumblr like 2018. Staff are the gatekeepers of gender. Yes. Okay. So the Tumblr <clears> staff <throat> in like 2018 said, we're banning porn. Any image that shows female presenting nipples will be deleted. And everybody was okay. like, what the fuck is female presenting nipples? But now on Tumblr, everybody's insane. I saw somebody the other day say that love languages are a patriarchal conspiracy to keep men from contributing to housework. Love I, I don't That's know. true. Okay. I buy that. <laughs> Speaking of a... uh, speaking of offensive words, though, just going back for a second, offensive words yeah. used in the, I love uh, that. in the movie. <clears throat> Did anyone else, when they're like, uh, when they were talking about the daughter coming from a family of idiots, think that they were going to drop an R bomb? <laughs> they were like, they kept on saying like they were idiots, you know, idiots. I and was then, worried. I, I was convinced that that was. I was happening. worried. I was worried. I, about I that. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, talk. I was just gonna say I, I loved when the dumb child girl oh. uh, like hit her head on the bathroom hand dryer because like how do you do oh, that yeah wait i <laughs> i wrote my notes i genuinely loved that montage when like aunt scientist jackie or whatever her name was came and took the kids to a pool and you just yeah. got to see them have fun with other kids for some reason i i actually found that very moving and I, i'm not even making a joke i know it might be hard mm. to believe that i'm being sincere but like I find that part very moving. It's because it was early enough One in the film that I hadn't no. dissociated yet. That that was the only person in the movie who wasn't a crazy person. Well, she does. I mean, because when it gets down to it, the incest play, obviously, like they were just trying to annoy their parents. They're not actually trying to fuck each other. They just want to no. creep out their parents. I mean, they were shortly, they were doing this shortly after they smacked each other with uh, on the butt with a big they were, canoe paddle. They, they were spanking each other with oars. Yeah, and that was fucked up. That should have been uh, addressed, but... I wanted to see that go further with like them actually accidentally murdering each other. Um, and then it could have been like hereditary. <laughs> so there's this play I read in high school, and I don't remember what it's called. I've been Googling random words uh, while we're talking, try and find it, but regardless, I don't even know what it's called. I thought this movie was going in a direction of it briefly. This movie concerns a pa two parents and a, uh, they have like three kids and they have like a playroom where they, they always send the kids to play. And eventually the playroom is like the imagination like comes to life. And then the kids end oh, up like, I feel like killing their parents in this playroom. Like these animals come and kill their parents, but it's like also the kids do it. And I was like really hoping that's where this movie was going. That's not teeth and feathers, <clears throat> is it? No, it's called something like Playroom or Zebra or something. Okay, so something Playroom or Zebra. Yeah. Okay. I'm one Googling of, something the in play one of those neighborhoods. I just Googled um, the Playroom Play the Animals. <laughs> That's when I yeah. just gave up. I'm Googling who? Hold on. Because I feel like. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look it up later because I think that I know what play you're talking about. Um, okay, I think you do. But it, it it's gonna take too long to figure it out. It feels Pinterest. Yeah, I hate that I said that word. Can I just briefly bring us back to the like the Aunt Jackie scientist character? Oh yeah. Please bring us back to the movie. So mm -hmm. this okay, I wrote Doctor Julie Bouchard, and I I wrote yeah. that her entrance was horny, which probably means it was just like a woman. <laughs> getting out of a car with a coat on, like, cause yes. I think women Always. are beautiful. Um, are we sharing our Tony Collette moment, like at the end or are, yes. can we say at any time? Uh, at the end. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a segment. It concerns, yeah. it concerns Dr. Julie, but I like Dr. Julie. I thought she was a breath of fresh air. I was sad that she never came back. Cause I thought she was a really um, interesting mm -hmm. character. She brings an interesting dynamic in because she's, she, she read to me as very humble yet very accomplished. Maybe the joke was supposed to be that she's a humble bragger, but I didn't read that. I read yeah. like they're asking her what she's up to, and she told them. And she she's up to a lot. She's doing well, and the cool dad shit. was so yeah. fucked up as the a dad person. hates and, her, but he hates. He's awful. He was literally yeah, exactly. terrible. It's definitely one of those situations where he's so you know morally repellent that a negative review from him is probably a positive review overall. Mm -hmm. I think so, what should have happened with instead of him losing custody of the children was for for also for just letting them 
accidentally escape in a car is is literally i don't i don't know if a teenager driving a car it well, constitutes I, as neglect especially when they tried to stop them but whatever i think that maybe um once the police found them and found out about the rest of the stuff that was going on in the house that yeah. they might have been taken away i was just gonna say i think a better that. ending I'm, I am going to suggest plot now. I think a better ending would have been they like somehow like briefly were in the custody of like Dr. Julie and then she like tried to explain to them what their parents were doing and then they like all forgave them and didn't involve like the law or their weird boss or I don't know like the weird boss was also fucked up like we didn't talk about him yet but basically well, is the I, point I, of him that he's so evil that by that if you juxtapose him with the parents, they don't look so terrible anymore? Was that the point of I that guess. character? I have no idea. He was strange. He kind of felt like a remnant from an early draft where like maybe <laughs> the original movie was scientists exploring morality. And then by the end, it was like just a genuinely hugely immoral scientific experiment concerning three children you know like he kind of felt every time he came into the movie i felt weird phyllis his british assistant who was also the narrator i was like i loved how she was always smoking always smoking a cigarette and like bringing the kids like dirty magazines and stuff yeah she had no real purpose she must have been like the director's mom oh my god I think I've seen her in something else. I'm going to look up what she was in. I feel like she, maybe I'm confusing her with other uh, old ladies, but uh, it's possible that I'm. Yeah. She was actually played by Judy Dench. I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> yeah. So the deal with the boss is that um, when the kids escape and cause a 19 car pile up on the highway and they get the kids taken away from them, uh, the boss says, well, I've actually been researching you this entire time, and the real experiment was on you to see how poorly I could convince you to treat your children. So he's yeah. basically like doing a Milgram experiment on them. He's like, and, haha, I showed how bad the two of you are by enabling yeah. your abuse of children for 13 years. Don't you look stupid? Mm-hmm. And he's like, sign this release form to let me publish whatever the fuck I want about you. Otherwise, per the terms of our agreement that you signed 12 years ago, you're going to owe me a million dollars. It's like, that's it? So then, and, and then they just sign it. And then the movie continues for like another 20 minutes. And the guy, like he publishes a book, uh, the Tony Collette and her husband get divorced. And then they try to break into Professor Xavier's school to see their kids. They get kicked out of the school. And then they come back later to see something that their kids made at an art exhibit about how they actually love their family. And then they hug and it's the end. Tiny detail, the book is at the X-Men school, like in the hallways. Mm -hmm. It's like, like a, a stack of them, like it's the school paper. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, things really don't clock. It, the world is very small. Another, um, <laughs> another thing about this movie that kind of was jarring and didn't really feel like it was being commented on, rather so much was just being shown to us. It was very, very, and maybe it was like a 70s thing, very misogynistic. The way that women are treated in this movie was like, truly 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 like atrocious just constantly being undermined and i was like when is someone gonna make a statement because if you have an all-white like cast and it's very like a very cis very straight story and we're supposed to like have complicated audience to character relationships and then the men just treat the women bad like you're gonna have a lot of audience members who don't clock that because they just think that's okay did anybody else just feel really uncomfortable with the way that women well, were spoken about? Yeah, I I've been watching Rock of Love recently. Oh, which, are you? Which is the most misogynistic? So this movie, that? this movie is that felt like Flavor of Love. Yes, but with Brett Michaels. 
So this felt progressive in comparison. <laughs> that makes sense. There's this moment in Rock of Love, an episode that I watched like right after Birthmarked, where he's talking about there's like a task where these girls have to do roller derby while uh, pushing strollers because he's a father and he needs to right. know that they will take care of his child. That's so true. And he's doing like a talking head talking about one of the girls. And he's <clears> like, when I saw her hit that dirt or like what she like falls over or something. He's like, I just wanted to breed. So. <laughs> oh, no. OK, I think this is where I sign off. The three of you have fun. I don't that think was the Tony ever heard. Yeah, Tony was like she like randomly took the husband back. Now that you mention it, like well, no, because at was the a... end, it but, says. Well, are we allowed to reveal the end? Oh, you've already oh, done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Don't see this movie. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's on Netflix. Think... It's not even it. hate watchable though, because it, it's slow. no. It was hate watchable. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to rewatch this. I'll I'll be honest with you. I watched the first half and then had to cleanse the palate with something else and then. <laughs> watch the second half i wasn't able to watch and this movie is like what an hour and 30 minutes i mean it's not you know yeah. what actually held my attention though weirdly more than more than some others we have recently i don't know why that that's why i'm thinking about doing that conservatorship because tony collette just keeps picking like the worst scripts <clears throat> and for a long time i've been like you know she probably needed the money but after hereditary like she, she doesn't need the money like she's picking she these scripts really, because yeah. she and likes also, them i don't think she's making bank on birthmarks either i don't, I don't this either is like, maybe, this um, is like, you know, Avengers. maybe the script was good and the editing and the direction made it bad like uh, I, I cannot um, possibly imagine this being a good script I'm looking it up again and see what the I'm with you. Is. It's so fundamentally bad. Mm -hmm. It put the fun in fundamental, though. It put the no, it put <gasps> the mental. It put the mental in fundamental. Oh, it just challenged. It was, released, it was released in VOD in 2018. What's that? Like, Video what on they demand. Do, what they're doing now for movies because we can't go to the movie theater. <laughs> like, that's a bad, that's bad. Yeah. They knew. Wait. <laughs> I won't tell me the budget. Maybe Hereditary only filmed for like two weeks and Tony needed her um, SAG-AFTRA insurance weeks. You know? <laughs> Maybe she was oh, like, fuck, I need to do like one other stupid little movie to- That's what it is. Here. She was doing it for the health insurance. She was doing a really, she was actually in a really good run though for the first, like for like the four years before Hereditary, she was like, actually, the movie was doing better pretty good better. movies, yeah. And then Hereditary happened, and then I mean, yeah, I guess you need a breather, and but this isn't I, a breather; like it's horrifying. On paper, though, I feel like it is an interesting concept, but it was just executed so bizarrely. Like Nature versus Nurture is, of course, interesting, but it's so hard. I don't know. I don't know what's her next movie. <laughs> We're almost Knives done. Knives out too. We're almost done with Tony. I'm so sad. Are you gonna uh, go to another actor, actress after, or? <laughs> it's a secret. Well, oh, okay. I I told Joey Pavanelli today. You what? Because he asked about, he was like, how many more episodes do you have? And then I was like, do you want to come on? And he was like, yes, but we don't have any open spots left for Tony movies. So whatever. But um, Sam, you got to cut this out. We got to keep this under wraps. I know. <laughs> you guys can't tell anyone. You can't. I won't. I won't tell you. You're going to. I mean, our 140 Instagram followers must be kept in the dark until it's time. So you're signing an NDA right now. Sam, send in the NDA. I will. It's on the way. All right. Um, All right. <laughs> oh, there's a moment where Tony goes to her doctor because um, she has chest pain and she can't breathe, which, by the way, is like a 911 situation. So when she tells her husband and he tells her to sleep it off, I truly was like, die. Um, 
But then she goes to her doctor and she says, when I was 18, I was very sexually active. I was like a voracious falcon. Yeah, she says. <laughs> and then the doctor says, I'm writing you an opioid prescription. Just take as much as you want. Your dose as much as you want. Yeah. It's like, is this Michael Jackson's doctor? And the doctor was definitely portrayed as like a likable, like, he wasn't portrayed as bad at his job. Yeah, like we're not supposed. Not <laughs> Not at all. Do you feel like in the movie, by the end of it, the filmmaker genuinely wants you to sympathize with Tony Collette's character to not find her? Because I think it's pretty clear that Matthew Good's character is supposed to be a jerk. Like oh I don't God. think evil. But I think that Tony I... Collette's character, yes, is supposed to be. Yeah. Good. Because she knows she she wants early on to stop the experiment. Yeah, but early on she. Well, early on, early, so twelve years later. Early on is so in twelve terrible. years. Yeah, I um, I I would call her misguided because this movie, I guess, is operating under the logic of it's not terribly obvious why you shouldn't experiment on your own children. Uh, yeah. But um, I, it's I think, just, it's just too hard to believe. It's kind of what they did in Hereditary, if you think about it. It was like yeah, that movie was putting also things on your children, putting things into your children to make them a certain way. One of them is an artist. The other one's possessed by the eighth king of hell. Somebody's gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is gay? Matilda. Um. No. And Dowd. Oh right. Oh. right. Yeah. <laughs> the way she... Sam just went. <laughs> oh, why did it sound genuine? Why did and, it sound uh, are you saying Ann Dowd can say fag? Absolutely, she can say it. Are you, are you saying she can't? She, she runs to Tony in the parking lot. Oh, I just found out I can say fag. I was talking to my dead grandson and he wrote on the, the chalkboard, he wrote fag. Oh. That's my link. Um, um, have we yet discussed how, like, the Russian assistant allegedly on accident, question mark, like, sold out their work to the dude writing the book? And so Tony Collette and her asshole husband go and fuck his shit up and then yell bullshit commie at him? And I was like, <laughs> so this movie's mm. also capitalist propaganda? Like... This movie literally yeah. is back on so many fronts and they can't even be politically good. They have to When you're in a communist life. country, you can't you you're not allowed to say fag. To That's say so fag, true. you're not allowed to do experiments on your kids. You're not allowed to um, you know, any of those things. So And they don't like that. They want to be able to say fag and experiment on their children. Oh, so that's and why then they the had guy, to slander the communist. He's in a wheelchair because he apparently was in the 19 car pileup. And then Tony knocks him over. And then her husband grabs his balls and twists them. There's sound off, so basically. Hard. The Foley artist went so hard on that scene. I stand that Foley artist. <laughs> the Foley artist put like <laughs> two mangoes <clears throat> and like a roll of Ritz crackers in a bag Ugh. and then slammed it against a wall and went, yep, that'll be the sound effect. Ew, Jake. That's exactly what it sounded like. I couldn't stop once I got going. I should be a full artist. God. Um, um, is there anything else horrible that happened in this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of notes that I was just not going to say for time. Okay. You can um, say him. Yeah, we got time. Um. Uh, okay, so there's uh, the moment at the end of the movie where Tony Collette is... There were just a lot of moments in this movie where I went, you thought this would be really funny, and it's not. Mm, Such right. as when the children are in the car trying to drive away, and they're 13, and Tony Collette is at the window banging on it, and she's saying, like, I love you, come home, I'm, or something, like, don't do this. And the kids are like you're horny and need some brew and you love the Dutch. And then like two scenes later, she's like, when you were in that car, I said, I love you. And they went, no, you said you're horny and need some brew and love the Dutch. I was like, 
Y'all thought this was gonna be. I didn't even realize slapper. they said that in the car. I thought they that that was car. just a random thing they came up with. As well. <laughs> they fully oh. said it in the car, and they were like, "We're gonna call back to this later, and people are gonna lose their minds." You're uh, horny and want some brew, <laughs> mom. Floor it. She hits Floor her it. on the car. When when they ran over Tony and the Russian guy successively i was like oh no now the kids are gonna become murderers nope star students here on the tony awards we give three awards to each movie the first of which is best prop so ben what was your best prop uh best prop is the horse tail what about you jamie good choice um i i ha- i had kind of have a tie um but i i think i have to say um the little saw trap mouse furnace uh, is mm. my favorite prop. What about you, Jake? Mine is the uniboob. Um, I the consider boy, the uniboob. The artistic boy at the end uh, unveils a gigantic boob sculpture he has made at his school. And it really brought me back to my days at an arts high school when there were boobs all over the walls and it was allowed. Uh, my best prop was Phyllis's inside cigarettes to remind yes. us that we were in the 80s. Mm. Uh, the next award is best Tony moment. So, oh. Jamie, what was yours? Okay, I actually videotaped this because I was like, I hope everybody thinks it's as iconic as I do, but it's the kind of thing you you could miss if you like weren't gay. Um, <laughs> so... When Dr. Julie Bouchard comes in and like is fierce and good at her job, Tony is like, what are you up to? And they like have a little gab moment. And then Tony like playfully shoves her, but it's actually like a very, very aggressive push here. I'm going to put my (laughs) mic down and I'm going to hold the camera up for you guys. Okay. <laughs> she just—it's supposed to be like a "oh, you crazy old dog, haha," but it's actually violent. Like Tony Collette almost shoves that woman off the porch. Oh, God! I want her to do that to me. Yeah. Me too. <clears throat> uh, ben, what about you? So my favorite—it's kind of—it's a longer sequence that begins with well, the thing that ends with her chopping the wood. Because I mm-hmm. felt like the entire reason they made the movie take place in a cold lodge was just to have an excuse to have her chop wood when she was angry because they couldn't think of anything else to show that she would be angry. It yeah. is the angriest hobby. It is. Uh, my best Tony moment was also her with the axe. What about you, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with uh, when she was at the doctor and she was just talking about her time as a voracious falcon. Um, because it was so like, I was just endearing to watch her just kind of like reminisce about how slutty she used to be and how the only, like, imagine like the only time you were allowed to have sex, you have to dress up as like a sexy horsewoman and Mm. pretend like that is like trauma. That's trauma right there. It's trauma. Trauma. That's mine. Yes. Uh, next award is a custom award. It can go to anything you want. So, Jake, what was yours? Well, mine is um, the rent, rent award uh, for cl- ending a film with a montage of a film. Uh, no, sorry. Oh, my ending, God. Th- this movie ends mm. the same way Rent does. This movie, and it does. One of the characters shows a movie... Um, of everything he's filmed in the movie so far. And it's supposed to bring everyone closer together. The only difference is no one has just come back to life after briefly dying of uh, AIDS. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jamie? I have to give it the hot take award because at the end of the movie, they they really seem to make the definitive statement that the first 13 years of your life will be 1000% dictated by your genes. And then after that, it will be 1000% dictated by how you were raised. Um, <laughs> seeing as the first 90% of the movie, the kids are literally whatever their parents were. And then like a switch goes off, all three of them become 
what Tony Collette and her awful husband were trying to make them. She becomes the girl becomes a genius. The boy becomes an artist. The other boy becomes a pacifist. <laughs> so Maybe that's so what stupid. happens though. If you know, in special circumstances, when at that thirteen-year-old mark, you are ripped away from your your family for like a month. Perhaps. Maybe that, that's what causes it. That's the hot take. That's why I'm giving it the hot take award. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Yeah, similar. I, I like the worst experiment award, the worst <laughs> experiment setup of all time. I mean, it, it's it's these are terrible, terrible psychologists who, yes. first of all, the, with their biological kid, the idea of two parents being scientists and then the kid going into the arts, that's one of the most common things. That's <laughs> I, I, Genuinely. It's not a rare occurrence <clears throat> uh, my, my parents are scientists my parents are doctor scientists and i was like at first and and i you know didn't go into that and at first i'm like oh like I, maybe i'll relate to this character in some or like you know this movie is going to be relatable in some way and then that that dream quickly squashed. but <laughs> yeah during the one of the first scenes that's a flashback to um the the dad as a child being pulled away from his basketball game by his scientist father saying you can't play basketball you can only do science i was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like this screenwriter had a scientist father this is just yeah. him working out his own issues scientist. which aren't aren't all screenwriters just yeah Writing about the relationships with their fathers. Wow, looks like Sam is gunning for the hot take award next award season. I think Ooh. it's a pretty cold take myself. It's a take as old as time, but thank you. Take as old as time. Uh, my custom award was the best murder weapon award. Uh, to go into further detail about how the dad kills a mouse and then blames it on his daughter, oh he, God, takes, he takes- he takes the girl from a dumb family, gives her a mouse, puts it in a maze and says, have this mouse get to the end of the maze by, you know, like um, removing Tetris, obstacles. Basically. Yeah, by removing obstacles, like lead it to success. And the girl leads it to a dead end. And the dad's like, oh no. And he puts the mouse in a furnace and like burns it alive. So I gave that the best murder weapon award and it goes to the tiny mouse-sized furnace. The best part, wait, the best part, the best part is that after we watch this mouse burn and the girl is screaming, the dad goes, oh, look, you got to accept responsibility for your actions. <laughs> he really looks at her and says that. Oh, Fucking God, I love insane. it. insane. But she goes on the to three solve- kids. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was I, just I, saying I, I, she I, goes on to become an animal rights activist or something. Of yeah. the three kids, I mean, it, I guess this is true. I shouldn't compare it, but like this idea, it always bothers me just in life in general when someone's like, you're trying to measure someone's intelligence. Like what does intelligence actually mean? And the, the whole movie is just like, is she dumb because she hit her head on something at one point? Like was that, was that the idea? <laughs> like that's Oh what, no. Or she's smart because she remembered that some event happened in, you know, 1754, but she was like one year off, whatever that was. Like, that's what intelligence means, or it's the mouse game. Yeah. I, I, I don't it, know. It's also at a certain point in the middle of the movie, their boss, you know, they test the kids and they say, your kids are perfectly average. Like, they're fine. So the girl isn't dumb. She's like medium, which feels like yeah. a success of the experiment to be fair and the boy is like a pacifist sometimes but also gets angry sometimes i'm like you're just you're just judging your kids for being literally like normal children yeah what was that weird thing in the middle when they made up the fake portuguese experiment on like twins and they was like look that was horrifying sexual orientation i was like what are they talking about and they're like shock therapying them and making them wrestle. And I was like, what is this? He's like, that check didn't... out this experiment that we're doing on Portuguese twins with aggression. And he, it's just two little Portuguese girls in a chair growling. <laughs> and Tony's like, I'm not doing that to my kids. And the boss is like, you're going to have to if you want to alter the experiments of your results to my liking. 
<laughs> which is movie. also not a good science. Uh, my note that I took on that is like, you can tell that I was like visibly shaking as I typed it. I was like, the Portuguese experiment, is it real? Was this real? Was this actually performed in real life? Oh, so at what, at what point in the, in the movie, Jamie, did you realize that it was fiction? Um, I just sort of had to believe. I would say like <laughs> up to a certain point I just like had I just had to go oh, this can't be real I, I actually reject this um so it, it didn't come from any like hard proof it came from like an inability to uh be willing to accept it as non-fiction right. oh, uh, a desire to sleep at night yeah yeah that was me at the 9-11 museum <gasps> <gasps> Oh! <laughs> that was me at the COVID Never museum. Never forget. Not the COVID museum. You know some white people somewhere are going to fucking do that. <laughs> Make a COVID museum? They already did at the inauguration. They did? No, oh. they just put all the flags out and stuff. Yeah, they said, look at all these um, people that wouldn't have died if we had been in charge of government. And then since uh, the Democrats have taken over the legislative and executive branch have done absolutely nothing, which we knew would happen. But it's thrilling to be proven right. Uh, we have reached the end of our podcast. Jamie oh, and Ben, do you guys have anything to plug? Um, oh, I have a podcast. Uh, I forgot that <laughs> it's relatively new, so I forgot that that exists. Uh, it's called We Were Had. Uh, it's uh, a couple other comics and I talk about different uh, mysteries that have been unsolved, unsolved mysteries. Ooh. We Were Had. Nice. Um, I am also on a podcast called Bits Before Crits, which is, it's an actual play, role play podcast, which means we like, think Dungeons and Dragons, but we don't play that game because we're not a fan of the system. Uh, we play <laughs> role, ga role play games. It's fun. We're all improv comedians, but only listen if you're literally into role play or else you will be lost. Also, I'm unemployed completely. So if anybody listening to this has a job or is hiring or knows somebody who has a job or is hiring. Amazing. Thank you for listening to our <laughs> podcast. Bye. Bye. Birthmarked. <laughs>